Hello, hello. Good morning, everyone. Welcome along. Wealth Coffee Chats for a terrific Tuesday. Hope you're well. think everything's uh, working today, which is good news. Good to see a few of the early birds up and at it. Uh, welcome along. Give us a shout out in the chat if you're there. As things uh, warm up, do the quick intros as we like to do. Jason Witten's my name. Most of you know that, though. But if you don't, if you're new, welcome. Fabulous to have you here. Welcome along to uh, our morning catch-up where we uh, talk a little bit about uh, the world of property investing. What's going on out there, folks? And uh, making sure we keep an eye on uh, our prize at the end of our journey. It uh, does take time, property investing, if you didn't already know. It takes a little bit more effort and time than we would like. However, the journey's worth it. And uh, each morning we get together to talk about that with a few keen beans. Alison, good morning. Good to see you. And one or two people in the Facebook groups. Morning, whoever you are, Facebook user. Well, uh, today I thought we'd continue our conversation, uh, our big picture conversation. We've been doing that over the last couple of weeks, folks. So, uh, you know, if you're joining today and you're like, what is Jason on about? Uh, go back and have a little look at a few of the other lives in the last couple of weeks. Hey, morning, Beck. Good to see you. Good morning. Another Facebook user behind the veil in the groups. Uh, if you want to try and catch up on what we've gotten up to, then uh, go back and have a look at the previous lives that we've done. Uh, it's a bit of a start to the year, a bit of a kickoff, a bit of a a review of our strategy, our systems, our teams, our overall ideas for property investing. And uh, I'm sure we will uh, uh, maybe tune up a few things as we roll along. So uh, morning, Brad. Good to see you. James is in the house as well. Morning, mate. Great to have you here, folks. So let's get into it today. The idea uh, I'm going to talk about today is there's four parts, there's four quadrants. There's four quadrants in the world of property investing and property investing wealth that we need to sort of understand and determine um, uh, and really make sure we understand the relationship between these four parts, these four bits of the quadrant. Now, um, play along if you're at home and you you can uh, put it in the chat, but, you know, there's four pieces to this puzzle when it comes to us as property investors. And uh, what do you think they are? And probably this could apply to any investing, but we're going to talk about property investing because that's what most of us have a uh, majority of our wealth focused on. So what do you think the I, the A, the T, the D stands for? Chuck it in the chat as we go. Um, And uh, we'll talk about the relationship of these four pieces of the pie, Uh, these four pieces of the quadrant. Uh, Individuals, not a bad guess. Not a bad guess. It's certainly about your individual something. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's do this. Let's do this this morning. All right. So the first part of the quadrant is the understanding that income, yep, income assets, debt tax, Beck, all over it. Nice one. Good to see. Good to see. Well done. I have to send you a prize or something. I should get a little prize going or something in the... Uh, in the chat, but uh, not quite sure how I'd do that. But anyway, 
Income, Brad. Absolutely. Income. How do you turn your income, your dollars in, money into your life, right? Your income is the number one thing, folks. Number one. Morning, Nev. Good to see you, mate. Thanks for joining us. Great to see you. Your income is the number one thing, folks. The number one thing that especially in the beginning of your investing journey, is going to be so, so important to make sure it's healthy, uh, consistent, and uh, uh, hopefully growing over time. Every time you add fifteen, twenty thousand $20,000 worth of extra income into your world, you add another $100,000, $150,000 worth of borrowing power, okay? So income, that one, how we make sure income continues to be healthy and move us forward. Income turned into assets. Income turned into assets. This is, at the end of the day, the simplest conversation we can have. Make sure you, uh, when you earn money, either through your job or your business or a combination of both, the income shows that you can borrow uh, and qualify to buy some assets. Those assets, folks, uh, which are kind of cool, especially when it comes to property, I like property, uh, give us some some, uh, benefits that if you didn't turn your income into assets that you wouldn't get. Now, the other one in this, Once you own some assets, uh, you've got some exposure to some taxes, right? And we need to manage that as as an investor. And part of that process is if we own those assets, we have to manage the taxes. We have to manage the debt often that comes with it. And what happens is hopefully... As we go through, ladies and gents, folks, we get some left over or whether it's on paper or in real cash, coming back and adding to our income, which then creates the increase in our income, which then creates the ability to buy another asset and so on and so on, right? So this is the four quadrants that we must understand, all right? So... If we have a look at this uh, idea, ladies and gents, um, let's call this above the line. Up here, we want to increase, by and large, increase dollars and increase the assets, okay? We want to increase our income. We want to increase the value of our assets. That's the number one game above the line, all right? That's the number one game, ladies and gents. Down the bottom here, we want to decrease, okay? Decrease or manage or reduce these ones. We want to manage our taxes and we want to manage our debts as you go, um, uh, as we go along, all right? So understand these are the two pieces of the puzzle when it comes to above and below but also the quadrants as we go along. How do we work this? What What does it mean? Let's dive into a little bit of detail uh, on this sort of stuff as we go along. All right. In our income, certainly the world of PAYG, if you have a job, 
um, and you're employed and you're full-time, that, that uh, whether we like it or not, uh, whether you um, um, agree with it or not, uh, is more, more, more liked. Oh, that's, the, that's the wrong English for sure. Uh, it is favourable in comparison to self-employed, all right, um, when it comes to the income, ladies and gents. Self-employed versus PAYG, okay? This is, uh, this is the banks. Now, we can uh, – I, I often have a uh, cheap shot at the banks, but at the end of the day, or the lenders, but at the end of the day, they have the rules and, and we want to borrow the money. So we, we, we need to understand those rules to, to get access to that stuff, right? So self-employed or a business owner, PAYG, what other incomes can um, add value to your ability to borrow more and buy more assets? Well, you know, job and income from your business, that's pretty straightforward. But what other incomes can we add and use in the income space? You know, there's the rent from your properties. Sometimes uh, there's the tax deductions, they're called add backs. Uh, in cash flow, depending on the lender you use. Uh, there might be dividends if you've got other investments. There might be some profits from businesses um, and so on. Where can you gather all the income and add it to the, the cash flow sheet of your life and make sure that you're uh, transforming that income into the maximum capacity of asset uh, accumulation, asset buying? Okay, as we go along. Now, um, folks, there's there's a few things about about income. Okay, now all of us have uh, you know living expenses. Your income comes in, the banks go. Do you know what? Uh, you know, let's have a look at uh, Nev, Nevin, or Allison, or Jeff. Uh, they've got a certain amount of living expenses, and we're going to have a look at their income and their um their bank accounts, and we're going to analyze how much money we're going to lend them, okay? That's how, that's how it works. Now, certainly, 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 you need to manage uh, in the early days for sure, you need to manage your expenses um, and your cost of living uh, if you want to maximize the, the, the positive income or the leftover income from your life uh, to turn it into assets, okay? But listen, folks, there's a, um, there's a famous saying around um, reducing expenses uh, in the world of wealth creation. Anyone uh, know what it is? Uh, I'll, I'll chuck it out there. If you know what it is, you cannot save yourself wealthy. Okay? You can't save yourself wealthy. So you can't reduce your expenses uh, enough often, especially in the world of property investing and borrowing, to create you know, truckloads more. There's certainly a, a margin in there where you can reduce your expenses and uh, have a better uh, outcome. But uh, folks, uh, over time, the number one thing that you can do is to increase this income because it gives you more uh, dollars uh, when it turns into borrowing power. Okay, that's that's what we've got to do. And it's kind of self-feeding once you get your assets going. Okay. So you need to look after the income. Make sure that that's in your mind as you go. Assets, well, assets as you go. You know, um, you can buy, you can buy property, you can buy shares, you can um, invest in, you know, businesses. 
Uh, you can do other, you know, other other stuff like, um, you know, Bitcoin and other alternative investments, all those all those sorts of things. But you know, in the world of property, why do we like property? You guys know the drill. We want that to increase. Property value goes up. The ability for us to uh, make sure on the asset side, folks, this is where in the early days for sure property gives us lots of benefits because the ability to continue to leverage a loan to value ratio on property is um, in Australia, certainly in New Zealand, uh, a far more uh, leverageable asset into the future than other assets, right? Um, and uh, oh, geez, yeah. it's crazy, isn't it, Jeff? Um, so no shares. You know, you go buy the Commonwealth Bank shares, go down to the Commonwealth Bank and say, hey, you know, I want to uh, buy some of your shares, ComBank, and uh, will you lend me some money to buy shares? And they might, depending on uh, where you're at, may maybe lend you 50, 60, maybe 70% if you're lucky, if you're lucky. And probably for most of you, they wouldn't lend you any money at all to buy their shares. Uh, you know, how it, that, that speaks volumes. But you go down to the Commonwealth Bank and you say, I want to buy this property. Well, if you're a first-home buyer, they, they might even lend you 95 98%. Um, the government will give you some free money and you might get a, you know, um, it, you might get a house for no cash in, right? The, uh, the idea that property gives you leverage, loan-to-value ratio, folks, so it allows you to uh, expand... So it goes from million to two million to three million. Your exposure to capital growth, income, gives you the ability to borrow. The loan-to-value ratio that you use when you borrow gives you the expansion. So how wide, how much dollar value uh, you have exposure to the market, um, and that can be a double-edged sword, by the way. You know, if the market goes up really nicely, you're you're in the money. If the market goes down a little bit, then you know it can have a bit of a a sting in the tail as well. But with property, it's certainly um, a lot easier and a lot safer than shares or business when your value goes down or something goes wrong. Uh, property, mo by and large, mostly, you can hang in there and it corrects pretty quickly, right? But anyway, there you go. So income into assets, income into assets. Then, you know, what happens? Now we own assets and we've got income. What do we need to manage? We need to manage uh, our tax exposure because folks you guys know the drill you guys know this uh the government doesn't muck around do they especially with property investors we uh we are you know we are certainly taxed more than your regular um uh regular person in uh in the system right so what are the four taxes what are the four four taxes uh property investors are exposed to or can manage using property investing. Folks, chuck that in the chat for me. There's four taxes that if you know how to, you can manage, minimize, uh, and decrease pretty significantly um, as you go along, more than the, uh, the person who doesn't know how to do that, right? So there's four taxes. Yep, you're dead right, Brad. There's land tax. So land tax. Um, let, and I'm going to put P-A-Y-G, um, I'm going to put income tax, income tax over here. Uh, income tax, 
land tax, stamp duty, right? Bloody stamp duty bastards. You know, they call it a duty. It's a damn tax, folks. Um, and capital gains tax. So where, where we have um, exposure to more taxes when we buy real estate, uh, and we do, if you know what to do, you, we do know how to manage them and minimise them, okay? So in the next uh, coming days, I'm going to talk through how do you minimise those? How do, how do you minimise those taxes? Because, folks, uh, you know, wealth is not only about how much you create income and wealth, but certainly when you add up the ledger, when you balance the balance sheet or whatever the sayings are, it's about how much you get to keep, folks, not how much you made. What did you get to keep? And uh, there's two expenses. The, mo the two biggest expenses a property investor will ever have exposure to are the interest cost of your borrowing and the taxes that, um, that, uh, uh, that you have to pay the government. Is, is this, is this, um, hey, <laughs> yeah, that thing's on anyway. That's kind of cool, isn't it? Anyway, um, got a little distracted there for a second. No, so the taxes, we need to, to min minimize those, right? Yep, you're dead right, Tim. And, and it's about, um, it's certainly about that kind of, um, sequencing, Tim, of this stuff, right? Um, so talking with a lot of business owners, their accountant minimizes their tax by not uh, giving money to them um, and sort of keeps it in the company um, or does other stuff, writes things off. And so, you know, they, they paid less tax, but they couldn't borrow, right? So you're dead right, Tim. You know, often in the early days, you need to show income, which means you pay a little bit more tax than you want to, but then you acquire those assets and then you get some of that tax back as you roll forward, right? So manage it, not to the detriment, um, Tim, which is, which is, I think, really your point, is not to the detriment of the accumulation of your assets, okay, uh, as you go along. Um, and uh, make sure that uh, you don't mess with that. Make sure you can uh, get that stuff done. All right, last but not least, um, debt, folks debt you know how do we manage the debts because there's debts that are what i would call good debts and there's debts that i would call bad debts chuck it in the chat folks what are the two most common bad debts uh and uh what's a bad debt a bad debt is it does not create an income it is not tax deductible this uh thumbs up thing's a bit annoying isn't it um <laughs> Uh, it doesn't create an income and it doesn't create a tax deduction, okay? So that's what I would call bad debts. What are they? Well, often most people have what's called credit cards, all right? And you buy some rubbish on the credit cards and then you take forever to pay them off, right? Don't do that. That's a bad debt. Your principal place of residence, you know, PPR, um, uh, Tim, is on it. The debt that you have on your own home is not tax deductible, like from an income point of view, and it doesn't create an income. Now, does it mean that the property doesn't have value? And this is where we say, well, how do we, how do we aim at reducing the debts? We're talking about, you know, decreasing. Which ones do we get rid of first? Well, you get rid of the ones that are doing you no favors, folks. They're not doing you any favors. Um, charge cards are great, Brad. Exactly. If you need a 
credit card version of the world, the charge card, load it up, and then you know you're you're not going into debt for that that cash flow as you go along, right? So uh, and and down here, you know, you've got investment debt, which um, you know ticks the box um, uh, as you go, and often you know over here I, we talk about like business debt, right? So talking with business owners, but what if I buy a a ute that my team then creates income for me? Um, perfectly fine. Like so, that sort of business debt might be machinery and other bits and pieces, right? So, but this debt up here, that's the debt we want to decrease. And down here, by and large, those debts, you know, I'm I'm happy for you to increase if you know the numbers and and you're confident and 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 uh, happy days, right? So that's the drill, folks. There's the four quadrants that we need to sort of manage uh, and um, make sure we know, you know, uh, what impact that they have and the sequence of things to get it uh, going, maximise our momentum to build and create our property portfolio. So there you go. Hopefully that uh, might have sort of tweaked a couple of things today or just some reminders or um, a review of our understanding of what's going on and why we're doing it folks, when it comes to um, the world of property investing. Anyway, there you go, folks. Wealth Coffee Chat done and dusted for today. Thanks for joining. Uh, great to have you here as always. Uh, we'll do it again tomorrow if you're up for it. We'll hang out at about 10 past 8. Queensland time. I should put QLD time in there. Um, anyway, but there you go. Daylight savings. So annoying. That's it from me today, folks. Thanks for joining. Take care. See you tomorrow. Bye for now.